Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast today. I am not just with Mark, I'm with Perrin as well, so how's it going, guys? Good. Good. All right. <laughs> That's why we never do three people podcasts because everyone talks at the same time. <laughs> so, okay. How was your New Year, parent? Because nobody, people didn't hear about you about since uh, 2018, 2017. Yeah, it's cool. My Christmas break was really good, and then I got that insane flu that's like breaking out across the U.S. So that was not super fun, but I made it. I'm still alive. And did you get a flu shot? No, but the flu shot's only been 30% effective this year. So even though I didn't, I am validated. But you know, actually, uh, when Mark was on holiday, because Mark basically just came back from holiday. Today is January 22nd, came back a week ago. But Perrin and I were like, oh, we should do a podcast. And because we were like, didn't feel very good about not releasing a lot for the first half of January. And literally both Perrin and I were completely sick, unable to talk. Even in the last (laughs) podcast, you can hear me coughing a little bit we were playing with text to speech and we were like hi it's Perrin. how's it going everybody and the voices were amazing <laughs> but in the end we just decided that probably wouldn't work very well anyway today we're back uh, in all seriousness though like everyone should get a flu shot every year it's really quite important that was a public service announcement <laughs> now let's move on to the main podcast which is not about flu shots but about personas versus brands so actually Last time we talked about that topic, that was a year and a half ago. I can't believe it's been a year and a half ago. And our position have changed quite a lot. Like we used to be big fans of using fake personas and stuff. And the truth is, I personally am not really a fan of it anymore. And I'm going to talk about this in a podcast and we'll hear what you guys think as well. We have used fake personas for health ambitions. We've experienced it for years now so we we have a lot of experience with it and so we'll be able to share how we feel about that process now looking back and as time has moved on yeah we'll tell you exactly what we think but before we jump in the show notes are going to be on authorityhacker.com slash persona so if we talk about any kind of example urls or anything like that and you didn't catch it just go and get it it's going to be all there on authorityhacker.com slash persona. And if anyone is uh, interested in the last podcast we did uh, 18 months ago uh, to see our view back then and compare it to now, uh, we'll also link to it from there as well. Yep. So let's start right away. Like we don't do teasing a lot here apart from, you know, telling you to have a flu shot. So what are personas? What are brands? Like give us the definitions, Gay. Maybe like Perrin can talk about personas and Mark can talk about brands. Yeah, so when I think about personas, I basically think about a person behind the site. So maybe a persona is going to be like the face of the site, like say an editor for the site or the owner for the site, or when someone comes to the site and they are, it's basically a human being for them to identify with as part of that site. So the big thing with a persona is that it is an individual person. Someone can identify with this web entity. Now, sometimes the persona can be the same thing as a brand. So we can think about like Tim Ferriss or Dr. Axe or like Dr. Phil. These Marie are all Falio people. Well. Marie Folio right. is, is a good one. 
And these are all people who are also brands, but they are certainly personas. And a lot of times they start that way kind of first and foremost, they are first an expert. And at Health Ambition, if you followed along with Health Ambition, you know, the persona that we used for a long time was Helen Sanders, right? So the main idea behind a persona is that it is something tangible, something real, something identifiable in a human way. And there's a really important distinction in in personas. And a lot of times this is like a big decision people end up making. We have this conversation a lot of time in like the authority hacker community. It's like whether or not a persona should be a real person or a fake person because they can come in both of those varieties. So like a persona can be the actual web owner who owns a website or an actual expert who helps work on the site or consults the website, or my persona can be totally fake, totally made up. And we've had experiences with all of those and we can talk about the pros and cons of each. But the main idea behind a persona is that is it is a person rather than a more nebulous brand. So what's the brand, actually? I think that's that's a great transition. Take it over, Mark. So I need to look at what nebulous means, but essentially a brand is something entirely intangible. A brand doesn't occupy any physical space. The owners, the employees, the billboards, or its factories, the whatever else that consists or make up the, the company can and may occupy physical space, but the brand itself is entirely intangible you can't sort of like touch it and that's obviously very different from a person the main sort of distinction there aside from that is that that kind of means it's a little bit harder to connect with so individuals humans find it very easy to connect with other humans who have similar problems or you know are in a similar place in life or are just have similar interests dog lovers like other dog lovers most of the time Whereas if it's a brand, it's a lot more difficult for an individual, for a human to connect with that brand. So a lot more work goes into, for example, advertising. They spend a lot of time on sort of consistent fonts and logos and colors and, you know, all these slogans like Nike, just do it. Sometimes if it goes well, brands can become huge. You know, you, you have something like Nike or IBM, which the brand alone is worth billions of dollars. Sometimes in the case of Google, it it can become a verb. Nobody searches for anything anymore. They just Google something. They can also be valued and traded more easily because they're sort of an intangible thing and it's not a a human you're dealing with. And more sort of uh, one of the, I guess, main reasons why people will will use or companies will use a brand as opposed to a persona would probably be for continuity purposes. So if a persona dies or quits or you know something happens, the brand lives on. It's a somewhat harsh way of it, uh, explaining it, but at the core, I think that's really what it's about. Yeah, I mean, I also think that one way to connect with a brand is to know its value, and you know, some brands do a better job than others. So for example, if you think about Red Bull, like you can tell what their values are with like all the extreme sport they do. And like, it's like kind of like live your life, adrenaline, et cetera, that kind of stuff. And they do a really good job of that. And so it's much easier to connect with Red Bull than like even like Coca-Cola. What are the values of Coca-Cola? It's kind of hard to tell, right? It's so universal and so broad. Red Bull would be actually like the branding is so good that it's getting closer to the 
to as good as a persona versus like uh, other brands that are, tend to be a little bit more nebulous, etc. So I think that the positioning of brands, and we're not going to dive into that because that, that would be like a whole podcast on itself, but there is a million strategies that brands can use to actually connect with people, but I agree it's a little bit harder. So now what we should do actually is we should talk about personas first. Let's just dive into each one and say, essentially talk about the pros and cons. And uh, if we start about personas, obviously, Perrin, you mentioned that it can be a real person, so it can be the website owner, but it can also be a fake person. How ethical slash legal is that? Because I guess that's the number one question a lot of people had when they heard you say that. I have an evolving opinion on this, and I thought that like made up personas were really a cool idea and they had lots of logistic benefits. So for example, like if you have one persona for your outreach, you can give that to a whole team to work on and they can all outreach and like everything is all is all in one place, etc. But the more time has gone on, I've gotten more and more ethically sensitive to the idea of fake personas. I the more outreach I do, the more I really want to be honest with people I'm connecting with. And in fact, one of the biggest legal points in like can spam law is that you can't be misleading. And I I feel like one way you could be misleading was is to do a fake persona. Even though I know there are lots of protections against that, like you're not lying about your site or your intent or whatever. It just makes me a little bit uneasy. I've also run into lots of issues um, where or lots of scenarios where I'm reaching out with a fake persona and I come across somebody who's really cool, wants to build a relationship with me, and I really want to be friends, but I can't because I'm not Helen Sanders or whatever, right? I'm actually like some dude reaching Depends out. Depends on what time of the day, no? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So I've stopped doing it myself a long time ago. When I have people like reach out for me on my teams, they reach out as themselves. I can't use my real name because people copy my sites and stuff, but I will occasionally use like my middle name or my initials so that when I want to build a deeper relationship with somebody, I can go ahead and tell them my real name and that sort of thing. And so I feel like I'm being really genuine. And then like I partner with my brother on some projects and my brother is a very good link builder. He always reaches out as himself, no matter what project he's working on. And that's for these reasons. So I I do think there are lots of ethical reasons. And um, there's nothing that I think is explicitly illegal about it. But I do think it can be legally murky. And I actually had a, a few good conversations with my lawyer about it. That was basically the conclusion we came to. Disclaimer, this is not legal advice. This doesn't constitute legal advice. But at the conclusion, I, I think I think where it can be where it can be uh, actually illegal is in certain fields, like uh, if you go into medical or legal advice or financial advice. In certain countries, they have quite strong laws against you know pretending to be a financial advisor or pretending to be a doctor and tell people to do something which could be harmful to them. Uh, you have to be really, really careful with those specifically. And there are others as well. But, you know, if you're recommending email marketing tools, you know, you don't need a professional qualification to be able to tell people that kind of stuff. So it's more of a scale there, I think. I was just going to say more of the same. So you can go ahead. <laughs> okay. I mean, like you're giving a lot of like points against personas. I think there is a little bit of subtlety to have here because like, you can use personas in a thousand ways, right? You can use them as the face of your website, like we've done with Helen Sanders. You can use them as 
just the outreach person that's like a, a lower level employee in your organization, you can use them as authors if you're ghostwriting. There's many ways, and I, I believe that some ways are more harmful than others. I think it's also worth clarifying, like, at the extra, like everyone uses a persona, like even when you're being yourself, yeah. you're presenting yourself to the world in a way which is not 100% who you are. Like everybody does that when they interact with other people. It's human nature. It's how we are able to be polite in public and meet, like be nice at family events and all this kind of stuff. You know, you're putting forward a persona that's not actually how you're truly honestly feeling the whole time so that would be terrible oh so most people are sort of they're still being very very genuine most of the time you know they're just presenting like the best version of themselves that they want the world to see and that's absolutely fine so then if you have a hard view or a firm view that this is bad that personas are bad then my question to you uh, like in the audience would be where do you draw the line because is someone you know using their middle name instead of their first name but everything else is the same is that a problem what about if someone uses a slightly different photo or a you know a drawing of their face as opposed to the actual photo is that a problem to what you know and then for you and then yeah and then uh i mean i think it's absolutely fine but the further down this road you go like the more things you change there becomes a certain point where it's really different from what like you are originally now how far you go before you reach that is very much open to interpretation and we can't tell you where that point is or even if it's a problem if you if you, if you go past it but yeah i just wanted to make that that clear because it, it, it often when we talk about it we talk in absolute terms like real persona versus fake persona but it's it's actually like many yeah. shades of gray yeah uh, okay. And I wanted to talk also about the case for personas because so far it's been quite negative. The view, and the thing is, we've recommended people to do that in the past. So obviously you can see that the view has changed quite a bit here. And we're going to talk about like what we're going to do for our sites, et cetera, and, and, and be quite tangible of like kind of like our vision right now. If you don't have some vision right now as we're releasing that podcast, Helen Sanders is still here, right? And I believe we're still outreaching as her. So it's not like they're, they're completely bad. So Mark, can you just tell us like what is the case like for personas? Like why would people consider using them? Like what is it? What does it make easier when you're on a website when you have a persona? Well, if your audience is ninety percent middle-aged women and you're a thirty-two-year-old man in a different country, that it bridges that gap in terms of you know what we said earlier, people follow people, so it makes it easier to for your audience to connect with your writing. It also, I think it's very good. It acts as a sort of pseudo brand in terms of the continuity benefits. So if you have a yourself or a writer or an editor, or even if you hire a persona, many things can happen that they can stop working for you. They can leave. And, you know, that's an issue. Also, if you are the face of your company, your website, it's very difficult to then sell that because you have to sort of transition that and you maybe end up working around for uh, on on the site for a much longer period than you would if you know it was a, a fake persona that you could easily switch and just you know the new company continues it as if it was transfer of a brand so there's certainly certainly that in terms of things like email outreach which which we mentioned we definitely still still do that like a good example is our open rates are much higher with women than they are with men 
your mileage may vary depending on your niche, obviously, but it's just how it is, unfortunately. So, you know, there's a... Are there's you a playing that webmasters are a bunch of horny men? Yeah. Okay. Just, just making sure. <laughs> I mean, unless you have another way of reading it. I've yeah. been, I'm just trying to be very clear to the audience, you know? Sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, those are, I guess, the, the, the main things. Also, the fact that, I mean, parents have said, said it earlier, you know, if people see his new site, then a, he's going to get a lot of copycats. We're also worried about that with our other sites. The fact that we run Authority Hacker means people really like are looking into every single thing we do. Yeah. So, you know, word gets out about these things can spread quite quickly. And suddenly we have a bunch of copycats. We did a, a podcast ages ago actually about copycats maybe we should do another one soon as well i mean but, like yeah, it's one it's site that not, we have i'd love to put my face on it i'm actually very interested in the topic but it's just like i know as soon as as i put my face on it or my name on it it's it's game over like all the keywords get reverse engineered and everything so yeah yeah so okay i wanted to have a, to ask you a question actually, because you're mentioning that like your brother is doing outreaching etc the chances of your brother quitting on you are pretty low what if you had a team would you consider using personas for outreach how about continuity how do you address that problem when you don't do it yeah i don't think i think the problem of continuity and outreach is kind of a false problem like it feels like a problem like changing all of a sudden the person you're outreaching as, but it doesn't feel like a real problem to me because it's not like people are like paying that much attention to your site or getting emails from you every day. For 90% of the outreach, you're going to be reaching out to people you've never contacted before. That's the whole idea is to get new. I'm not, I'm not specifically talking just for continuity for outreach. I also mean just for your website as a whole. So, you know, if you're selling info products and you have email funnels and that kind of stuff. I was very specific on the question, so that's why. Yeah, so with outreach, I think it's a non-issue and I think it's kind of a false problem. And, you know, if you email one guy, if, say, my brother emails one guy under his name and then the next guy gets an email from one of our VAs or something, then that's not going to be a problem because they aren't talking to each other and they're not getting emails from multiple people. Every prospect is only getting emails from one person. They might be different people. So I don't think it's a non-issue. As far as like branding for the site, I think it's only an issue when you have a very long, like long-term and loyal audience who's reading pretty much everything you post. So for example, if someone from Authority Hacker came back tomorrow, they've been following along with the site and Gail's no longer here, that would be a big question mark for them, right? But if someone is finding health ambition articles in Google and Helen Sanders is no longer the face of the site, they probably won't care because they don't really know who Helen Sanders is. Uh, Helen Sanders is there mostly for like, demographic reassurance and that sort of thing. But um, I think it only matters with a certain kind of site. If you really are the expert and you are really, you know, like if you are whoever that guy is at, like Mark's Daily Apple, it would be really tough for him to like sell his site or something and for him to be, for him to no longer be involved because he really is the brand and it's hugely popular. Similarly. I think another way, sorry. And I was just saying, you know, it's the same kind of problem with like something like Authority Hacker or like Niche Pursuits or like if, you know, like Neil Patel is not going to be able to like hand off neilpatel.com or like yeah. sell it or anything. It's not um, exactly but, the brand that you can transfer, yeah. 
Right. So would be a problem in that case, but it's only a problem if your audience is like extremely loyal and they're coming back to read everything. That's my view. I think another way of looking at it though is is not like, is it a problem in this case or in this case? I think whatever you decide early on defines the limitations of where you can go with that. So with Authority Hacker, we're able to, you know, do a podcast and do webinars and make info products and have all this sort of like continuity, community, meet people at conferences, that that kind of stuff. And therefore the brand goes in the direction it has gone versus in health ambition, because we have the restriction of the persona, uh, at least as it is at the moment, it's quite possible we'll change it shortly. You know, we have hard limits on those kind of things in terms of like doing webinars and product funnels, video sales letters, all YouTube, you know, all these kind of things are suddenly much more restricted. And therefore we haven't sort of tried. So I'm not quite sure it's maybe a case of what came first, chicken or the egg kind of thing in that regard. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely limiting when when you're using a fake person. When it's yourself, like you can do everything, you know. Like Mice Beckler, for example, is a good example. Like he's just himself and it works really well. But I agree that in terms of like health ambition, we're always more hesitant to we do really well with like things like webinars and so on and, and we're even profitable with like Facebook ads now and so on. Like it's it's like that stuff is exciting, but it's hard to transpose it to health ambition because of the setup it has right now. And it's definitely been a concern and it's definitely been a huge reason why we're kind of changing the way we're looking at things now because when we were like smaller site builders and you know our dream was to make like five figures a month etc then the person looked really good it's like oh we can just disguise ourselves as a a mommy blogger or something and get all the benefits and like look like and you know get people to feature us like kind of like side with the underdog etc and that works really well but now we are that five figure mark per month and it's like if we want to go to a six figure well the setup we have just doesn't work and needs to be restarted from the ground up and that's why we're looking at it now if you are that position where you're just starting up etc but it's not might not be bad it might it probably will not change much to be frank at the beginning, but at the later stages, when you get to what we call stage three authority sites, when you sell your own products, when you have to develop a lot more trust from your audience, the fake personas just really are limiting. And I would actually argue that a stage three authority site with fake personas is maybe not even worth it. Like you might even be better just focusing on stage one, you know? It, it changes the dynamic like to a large extent because you need that extra trust from your audience that's almost impossible to build when you're using a stock image as your, the person that is the face of your website. And that's another thing that's a bad point with Persona is, when, you know, I receive a lot of outreach emails for Atari Hacker. And, you know, I don't think we didn't we definitely didn't invent this fake Persona thing, but we essentially, like, talked openly about it. Were the, some of the first ones talking openly about it. And, you know, when people take, like, a cheap stock image of that, like, like that super hot blonde girl that's, like, outreaching to you, asking for a guest post, you know it's, like, some kind of Indian guy that's emailing you from Mumbai or something that's, like, just putting that photo, etc. And webmasters have been receiving hundreds of these emails and they know that it's just, it looks fake. I put fake AF on my notes. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to change the rating, but you know what I mean? And that's definitely, like, a limiting factor for it. So, 
I think, so I think that the reason for why that is though is because we're so involved in it and because we've so we've talked about it and we've spent the time like looking through all these stock yeah. sites to try to find good photos like you know we've really dedicated quite a bit of time to it For one of our other sites we've even paid a guy to be the fake persona have actors the yeah. yeah yeah like right get professional photo shoot all that kind of stuff so you know what I mean is we're just acutely more aware of these kind of things. I think the average webmaster or the average site owner receiving an Irish email, certainly the average visitor going to a blog to yeah, find out know. about whatever, they're not going to be aware of it. The same way that it's very obvious to, to me when I go to a site, if it's like an affiliate article and they're you know promoting something, whereas most people are just have no idea that that's even a thing. Yeah, I, I think recognize I'm the pro members now. Like it's, a, it's my game now. Yeah, I think I want to jump in here too and say that um, you said something really interesting, Gail, that I think was maybe an accidental case against personas, but you said that a stage three site with a persona may not even be worth it. And you also said at the beginning, it may not change much. So if it doesn't change much at the beginning and it's not worth it at the end, I think it's difficult to come up with a strong case for really why you should put that much energy into personas in the first place, or do you disagree? Is there something that's strong enough to warrant mm. doing it right off the start? So here's I what I would, say. Can... I would say, as the face of your website, I don't think they're worth it anymore. So like, as putting them on, the, on your homepage, I just feel like the value add is, is minimal, especially when you rely on SEO to start your website. For outreach, I kind of like the idea because like, we have like staff handling that, et cetera, and that staff can quit anytime. And I think, I, I, you know what, you were telling your argument about, ah, the continuity doesn't matter, et cetera. Um, I agree, but I also don't, like, imagine I want to get back in touch with the site that outreach to in the past, which, which we do quite frequently as we scale up outreach. It's kind of nice to, like, re-outreaching as the same person. Obviously, it's not a super strong case for it, and people could be outreaching that themselves, but, like, it, it basically doesn't eat bread to use it just as... Um, and, and I think what you can do is literally, uh, and, and we do that, for example, for some sites. I mean, we do it for Atari Hacker. I'm going to say it, actually. It's like the initial outreach email is usually sent by someone else than me, even though it's signed by me. And this way I can pick up the conversation. So that's kind of like, I feel like that could be a way to use a persona, which is you, so that you actually like own that relationship and then take it over, you know? Yeah, I think the other thing is it's not that difficult to like if you build a fake persona that doesn't really have much trust, you're probably not going to have much community or much people coming back to your site. So to then change to a brand or even to your yourself as the persona in future when you're sort of aiming for that stage three site is it's not really that difficult. Like, you know, I don't think you're going to get too many complaints or or anything like that it may mess up a tiny little bit of outreach that you're, you're doing over the last month or so but more or less it's going to going to be pretty consistent i think starting a brand like a, a good one when you have no money and no income and you're not a designer is hard like look at our sites even look at authority after <laughs> this goes out in january 2018 i mean it's pretty bad uh i mean it's not terrible but like it, out of it's 10, how much is it, you know? Like, certainly is not like, a, you know, what are the brand values of Authority Hacker? You know, it, it's like, it's not really that obvious. 
you know, if you read the site and read the content, maybe you, you'll, you'll get it, but we haven't done a good job in the design or like the, the branding that's changing. And we're working on that at the moment. So this year you'll, you, we'll, you guys will see a complete uh, redesign of all that. Um, Gail's making all decisions, not me. So you'll know it'll be good. Um, <laughs> well, you can blame me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, my, my point is it's much easier just to get a stock photo and, uh, you know, write a, uh, two sentence author bio and away you go versus you know making all the branding colors and you know yeah i think looking like a small blogger when you have no experience in building websites is not a terrible idea and you could just put it yourself but like for example i've seen uh i've seen people like i've talked to to like age pro members that have quit their job now but back then they were like kind of working in the in that industry, but wanted to start a site on the side and they didn't want their boss to figure it out if they Googled them or something like that. Obviously, pretty low chance, but if, if it happens, the, the critical danger is pretty high. Like these people could lose their job. And so they went for a fake persona. And I feel like in that, it doesn't take any way from the, anything from the ethical debate away, but it, 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 there's still a good case for like considering it, you know? Yeah, you do definitely have to sort of police yourself in terms of ethics because like no one else is going to do it. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you, you know, just want to like scam a bunch of people by doing this, then you're probably going to be doing that anyway. So anything we say is not going to change yeah. your mind. Don't, don't pick a Nigerian prince as your personality. <laughs> yeah. I also want to say that there are people or there's like some subset of people who just kind of follow the crowd. So they'll say they'll see some like fake persona and then they'll just think they have to do it or it's yeah. the best way to do it without really thinking about the reasons necessarily. And I think what people should default to is if you want to use a persona as a site, start with yourself as the default and then ask, is there any really good reason for me not to use this? And like, so for me, for example, I know that if my name was on the site, people Google me all the time. They're going to find my site and they're going to copy the hell out of it. And I don't want to risk that. Or if you're scared, you might lose your job if your boss finds it or something. That would be a very legitimate reason. I think you should default to yourself and ask yourself, like, is there a reason to give up all of the benefits of using myself as a persona rather than not? Yeah. And I mean, I like the idea of using yourself as a persona. If you're just starting, you get all the benefits of the personas with the benefits of being able to grow later because it's yourself. You can call people, you can go to real life events, etc. If you can do that, that's great. If there's any reason to use fake personas, then consider it. I agree with your arguments on continuity. It's like, it, it's kind of useful, but like you can live without. So to some extent, using yourself as a default is not bad, but... That podcast is called Personas versus Brands. So we need to talk a little bit about brands, guys. So I'd like any of you, please not both at the same time. So raise your hand, even though we're in audio only, to pick, like to explain to us like why branding can be a good idea instead yeah, of sure. using Personas. I'll take this one because I really like branding and I've been trying to get better at it as I start more and more sites. So... One of the good things about branding is that it can be easier to scale. You don't have to live within the confines of having one persona. So for example, I know some people who start sites and they are the persona and it works out really well for them in a lot of ways, but they need to be writing every blog post or at least editing every blog post, putting in their comments so that they can put their name on that content. If you're a brand like say The Wirecutter or Mind Body Green, you can 
scale by adding lots and lots of writers rather than just having one person doing everything. So the scale often is easier if you're a brand. Similarly or related, you can benefit from aggregating the authority of a bunch of different people. So Mind Body Green is a really good example of this, I think, where they're like a health and spiritual and like mind body wellness site. And instead of like employing experts, they have people guest post for them. They hire like freelance writers and they hire people to do courses and like video courses and that sort of stuff. And they basically just have like hundreds of different experts coming together to like write specialized content, whether it's about yoga and mindfulness or diet or whatever. And so instead of benefiting from the authority of just one person, they benefit from the authority of having a whole bunch of experts under one brand of Mind Body Green. Go ahead. I think the important thing just to add in the case of Mind Body Green, because they're a very, very large site, their editorial process and standards and controls are very 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 tight like very very good and it does sort of have a very consistent feel the way their videos are shot they're all using like similar technology similar camera similar lighting like it feels like a consistent experience when you go through their, their site and that's that's only possible with like a lot of work and a lot of sops and standards and processes and uh, controls so yeah totally and the main point is that you can it's just easier to Leverage the authority of other people if you're a brand rather than if you ha if your site has one persona. Also at scale, I think brands have the potential to be more powerful. So for example, like if we take two big brands in the health space like GNC and Dr. Axe, GNC is vastly bigger than Dr. Axe. And I think most of the time, brands have an easier time getting way, way, way bigger. Microsoft is always going to be it a bigger brand than Bill Gates, right? Even though Bill Gates is a very powerful person, Bill Gates himself is a very powerful brand. Microsoft is just huge. It's not always the case, but a lot of times brands have an easier time getting bigger. It'd be a great problem to have for any of us to like have to think about what will we do if we were that big, but it is one advantage, right? Also, lastly, brands can be sold in a much cleaner way. So I did write a lot of the content for HearPup, and my name is on, on a lot of the content that is written on HearPup. And I even did like some interviews and podcasting and that sort of thing with HearPup. But I really wasn't the persona. And that site didn't have a persona. It was just a HearPup brand. And because of that, it was much easier to sell down the road when I wanted to sell it. Um, so if you're thinking about building a site to sell and you know that's part of what you want to do, um, leaving out the persona entirely and instead opting for a simple brand might be a better way to go. Yeah. I think uh, I think you can sort of like have a bit of a mix mash of it, like Authority Hacker with Gail and Mark and Perrin. And <laughs> it's kind of crossing over there a little bit. I don't think it's just if you want to sell, sell it. I think anyone who seriously wants to scale their site should first pick a, a brand and they can still be you know the face of it at the start and the you know what i mean yeah and a lot of ceos do that like a lot of ceos are personas for their brands you know like tim cook is the persona for is a persona for apple but apple is the brand you know same with bill gates and microsoft so all these things are like it's not just like one or the other it's like you always do some of both the question is, how do you do it and which one is dominant, essentially? Is your brand dominant or is your persona dominant? If your persona is dominant, you're more of a blogger. If your brand is dominant, you're more of a company, essentially. And um, 
yeah but like yeah for it it definitely you definitely need to have both but i I think i mean there are some people who don't you know tim ferris is a is a great example like very strong brand in the sort of i don't even know how you do call like self-help like live an awesome life kind of niche published a bunch of books but essentially he he's in it he's committed he's that for for life you you can't really sell tim ferris as a brand it would be very difficult sometimes you can do that in the case of i think the most valuable like brand someone's name is louis vuitton um that would be an example of someone where you could potentially successfully do that i mean they would need to work really a lot on timveris.com branding as a company before they were able to get Tim out of it, if that makes sense. So unless there's, unless you have a compelling reason to, to do that, just your own name, I would tend to avoid it. Yeah. Can you talk about the, um, the case against putting brand first, essentially, or just, yeah, essentially putting brand first? Well, as I said before, it's quite hard to make good branding when you're sort of on a bootstrap budget. So, uh, you know, not just in terms of design, but thinking about um, what your values are and all these kind of exercises, which are a little bit esoteric and can often lead you to towards, you know, just thinking about things and not taking action. Uh, and certainly, is I, I wouldn't really recommend doing that, you know, in the first couple of months of, of, of your online marketing journey. Um, so that's a pretty strong reason against that. It, it can be a bit of a waste of time to, to begin with. Um, it's something you can definitely add in a little bit later as, as things start taking off. Yeah, I mean, it's expensive. It's hard to keep it consistent uh, at the start as well. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. So if you had to start a brand new site today, how would you go about it? And you had like a fairly low budget, like let's say I give you $2,000. So I would create a brand, like not a large brand. I would just like pick a cool name, which has the .com available. And then I would put my own name, Mark Webster on on it. I would be the face. My, my photo would be somewhere on the front page. And I would write as myself, I reach as myself, do all the, the kind of stuff as myself. As it t- take off, you know, maybe I'd look to outsource some of the content, get more content creators, writers, uh, whatever in. Um, maybe I get some other people to do the outreach. And I slowly sort of like wean myself off as it got bigger and bigger as being the the sole face of it. And uh, instead, I would make the focus more on the brand itself rather than me. But that's like, you know, when you start reaching the five figure a month type type thing, maybe even later. But yeah, I think for my part, I would not even use personas. Um, most of my projects that I've started after Herepup don't use personas at all. They just have like a simple brand with a cool name. And then when I outreach, I just say, hey, I'm part of content team at whatever. Or, hey, I'm the editor of whatever. And uh, that seems would, to be Would you still be the same if you weren't, you know, internet marketing famous? <laughs> yeah, I think it would. I I've never really seen the benefits of personas personally. I mean, like with my own projects, like I've I've had some stronger person or sites with some stronger personas, and I have had sites with no personas, and I haven't noticed enough of a difference to warrant me putting energy into it really, and then having to deal with changing it later. So you know, like it's certainly true that I've had an easier time building links, and I'm not saying this is even a correlation, it's certainly not a 
you know, like a cause and effect relationship, but I haven't had a harder time building links with no personas or anything. Like I've had an easier time with all the marketing and stuff. So honestly, like for me, I just forget about the personas because it's one less thing to worry about. One of the things I have done with one project that's more technical, it's in a niche that I didn't know much about. I went out and I found an expert who really was involved in that niche and they had real credentials and they had like actually run a print magazine on that. And they just were looking for some freelance work. And like, I kind of became friends with them. I paid them some money and not a lot of money. It was like 500 bucks or something in there when all was said and done to help me with my research, help me understand, to write a few things, to look over some articles. And then they got like a credit on the site as like a contributing editor. So I have done that as sort of like a boost to my credibility, but it was a very much a one-time thing. And it also had other benefits of like helping me really learn the niche from an actual expert and helping me get my content right from the point of view of an actual expert. So I've done that sort of thing, but as far as like building a persona for a new site, it's honestly, in my view, simpler and easier just to not worry about it. All right. So does that mean that the next training that we release will remove the personas? Well, we're definitely going to link to this uh, this podcast, I think, in there. No, I mean, I guess we need to debate that internally, but maybe maybe we have one with, one without. Okay, well, I guess I think, we I think, the, point, I think the point is, like, uh, the obvious <laughs> fake personas, which, which, you know, we've used in the past, and I see a lot of other people using at the moment. I, just, I, I forget which one of you said it. Like, ask yourself, are you doing that because everyone else is doing that? Or is there a compelling reason why you're doing that? Yeah. It was a smart one, so it was pairing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I want to ask you as well, like, is it a bit of alpha is, if it turned out to be kind of like, yeah, I don't know, did we change our opinion or did personas just turn cheesy? And do we have any part of responsibility in that? I mean, I don't want to overinflate our own ego by saying, <laughs> yeah, we said this and the entire world did it. Uh, that's probably not what happened. I, I also um, did Bitcoin, so, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, what, what was the question again? <laughs> Sorry. Like, like, did we change or did the market change? Like, uh, No, we, we, we changed. I think everything, the, our reasoning at the time for doing what we did was was sound. I really think it's just we've started hitting that ceiling where you know we we want to be breaking the six figure monthly uh, numbers with uh, with health ambition, but just the way the whole thing's set up. I mean, there are other reasons that contributing to towards the, that ceiling as well, but the persona and the the positioning of it is certainly uh, a limiting factor there. And so now that I think we're, we're we want to get past that, we're, we'll probably rework things a bit. Yeah, I think. I- uh, it's it's both. I think the market has changed, uh, meaning that there are more people out there doing fake personas, and I get more emails from fake from fake personas <laughs> that all look the same and that sort of thing, and it makes me want to be different. And my opinion has changed on the idea in general. The more I try to build really successful sites that I want to break into the you know uh, really high dollar amounts, the more I want to do it as cleanly as possible. But I do think it's true that the market has certainly changed, and I've even like tried to move against that specifically. Like I've I've done quite a bit of outreach for Authority Hacker for like interviews and research and 
articles and stuff like that. And I've gone as far as like taking a picture of myself holding up a piece of paper with like drawings on it about the people that I'm reaching out to just to prove that like, hey, I am a real person. And that I wouldn't have done that maybe if I wasn't trying to respond to what I view as like a strong trend towards like cheesy fake personas. Countdown until someone finds a stock photo of someone who has a piece of paper <laughs> yeah. and then like, you know, mass edits text over it somehow. But I think you can automate it as well. There's actually email tools. All right, guys, you probably don't talk okay. about it. All right, all right, all right. I won't talk about it. You can buy a $2,000 consultation and I'll tell you, but otherwise I won't tell you. Anyway. I think we're done with that podcast and you can find all the show notes for everything we talked about on authorityhacker.com slash persona. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you're not subscribed yet, subscribe to us on iTunes, maybe drop us a rating. It really helps with uh, getting a little bit more rich with that podcast. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.